0: Hello, and welcome to God is a Dad podcast. We are today for dads trying to become better parents, and we're doing that by looking at how God parents us and then trying to apply that to our parenting of our own children. In today's episode, we're going to be continuing our conversation with Kent from last week where we talked about whether or not we should communicate to our kids that we're proud of them or that we're disappointed in them, what's the kind of language we should use, uh, what are the pros and cons of that. And then this week, we're going to be talking more specifically about when we are praising our kids or when we are providing constructive criticism for choices they're making how do we make sure that we're not communicating a conditional love that makes them feel like oh mom or dad is happy with me when i do good things and they're really unhappy with me and don't love me as much when i do bad things then after we wrap that conversation up at about 29 and a half minute mark we get into lord of the rings can't just finish reading the book and he thinks they're good and we kind of argue about whether or not the books are good or whether or not the movies are better We know this is technically a parenting show, but we just really like talking about that kind of stuff. So we're probably gonna keep including that kind of stuff in episodes, but if you don't like it, if you think I'm just here with the parenting, then feel free to opt out, no big deal. Hope you enjoy it. Let's go ahead and get started. So, Okay, if we, can, if we can say that maybe we should never be ashamed of our kids, should never be ashamed of being associated with them, whatever language you want to use for that, whether you want to say you're proud of them, whether you want to say you're disappointed, or you just want to say good job or whatever. Language doesn't matter as much, but obviously we just don't want to do those things to our kids. How do you, like you, the, the last question you had was, how do you praise accomplishments without making your, your approval of them seem conditional on their performance? Because even if we're not saying well, I'm ashamed of you, it, you know, there still is the potential for kids to feel like my parent does he does think better of me or does think less of me when I do good things or bad things how do you praise them in such a way so that when they don't receive praise for something or when they receive negative feedback that they don't that they don't feel like your approval is conditional because I feel like this is a really tricky one I feel like this is something that people aren't even sure totally about God I, I think it's very natural for people to slip into like when they're when they're sort of you know, living in righteousness, they do think that God is on their side, that God's for them, that God is you know approving of them, that He's happy with them. That he's almost a, they almost have a different relationship with God, sort of, when they're doing good things. But then, as soon as they switch to, to you know doing bad things, it's like then their relationship with God sort of changes, and His posture towards them changes, and His perspective on them changes, and that kind of thing. And I think we would say as parents, we don't want that to be the case. We want our kids to know that we always we feel the same way about them as people, regardless of their actions. But how do we actually practically? make that happen
1: whenever i say something nice to elliot i try to follow that up with something really mean so (laughs) it balances out yeah i say oh man elliot that was a joke that was a really good (laughs) throw Count number one. <laughs> Dan, Dan is still Dan's still salty about the cigarettes.
2: <laughs> great. I, that, that may be true. We all Lashing out. I'm ashamed of you, Jake.
1: I actually, we sometimes we, we do like just over-explain things to him like that. We're like, Elliot, you, you did a really good job. But even when you don't do a good job, we still love you.
3: Yep. I feel like just thinking as you were talking, I feel like a little bit has to do with how we handle not necessarily the praise of their accomplishments, but all the other stuff around that and more specifically how we handle failures and how we parent through failures. I think it communicates more about whether or not our, our perception of them or how we think of them or if we're proud or ashamed of them. Mm-hmm. I think that's more informed through how we handle failure than mm-hmm. how we praise. Mm.
0: So, what what would you say to your? Is, is Theo making failures that you feel like you're having to lead him through, or is he still? Yeah. Either what, what do you say, or what what do you think you will say when there is failures that that communicates to them? Their your approval is not conditional on your behavior.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I feel like this conversation is still pretty hypothetical for where we're at with Theo and Natalie because I don't think they're really in a big way to this comprehending these kind of realities yet Mm -hmm. but yeah I feel like just one part of it is just not like lambasting them for mistakes or screwing up or but like patiently walking through that and helping them to respond and handle their emotions through that instead of just like kind of handing out trite instruction or I mean,
1: for you guys like justin and dan you you guys have older kids so like how do they respond to you after you discipline them or after you talk to them about uh an action that they did that you guys didn't didn't approve of? like are they are they still like willing to be like intimate with you guys are they are they still wanting to connect or do they try to like distance themselves
0: yeah i, I would say we're personally in the I think they, they want to connect. Yeah. Cause they're in a place where they're, that's, that's what brings them comfort, you know? So yeah, mm-hmm. they they want the comfort that I guess their parents provide. I think what we've done that works is in terms of how to not make them feel like our approval is conditional is that whenever they make a bad choice, I, we generally talk about, not that it made us mad or, or talk about how it affected us as the mom or the dad, but like a lot of their bad choices are either bad for them or they're bad for their siblings, right? Right. They're not, they don't really negatively affect us a ton. Uh, Sometimes they do, but usually it's James took something away from Cameron and then Cameron got mad and hit James because of that. Or they snuck, James has started sneaking. He started sneaking sugar because we're trying to, you know, limit their sugar intake. And so he started to get into a sneaking kind of thing. And so, you know, we'll talk about, not necessarily why either of those things are like bad for us or why they make us frustrated or angry or anything like that, but why it's bad for Cameron when they do that and why it's bad for him when he sneaks sugar, that kind of thing. Because that's, I think that's held for us because we're sort of, we're we're kind of positioning ourselves as almost like mediators between them and their bad choices kind of. And it doesn't give us like a stake as much where it's not that, my approval doesn't matter because I'm not even really like a part of the situation, if that makes sense. Now, obviously I am and I'm an mm-hmm. integral part of it, but I'm not, I'm not the wronged or the hurt one in, in, a lot of, in a lot of these senses. And so it doesn't, I, I like that. When it's possible, I like that because it does sort of, the lines don't get blurred between are you disciplining me because you want what's best for me or are you disciplining me because I hurt you somehow or yeah, you want something out of me.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I think as much as I can or we can keep our relationships separate from disciplining mm, our kids. As much as I can keep mine, Eli's, or mine, Ella's relationships separate from the discipline, I try to do that. And I, I've realized recently that, like, I guess initially in Anna and I's marriage, she felt the need to show me her emotions or, like, be very vocal about how she felt uh, emotionally, like, through. I don't know, tone of voice or facial expressions or crying or whatever it was because she would like try to show me like, hey, I'm really disappointed in this or I'm really yeah, yeah. frustrated or angry or whatever. And mm-hmm. I've realized recently that like I, I do the same thing for my kids. Uh, and so I'm like trying mm-hmm. to like cut it out because I've felt like when they were younger, that's how they were that's how I could grab their attention is like it was the the language that they spoke kind of Mm. like the language of emotions Mm. and now I think we're getting to a point and probably have been at a point for a while that I don't need to do that like I don't need to raise my voice or like talk sternly or whatever I, I think that yeah like I can cut that out and break that and kind of have it be like okay well you made that choice so Yep, your video games are taken away for the next two days. Or oh, like yep. your arts and crafts are done. Sorry, still love you. You're great, but you know that's just just have it be like very matter of fact. And which is you something haven't. that I'm even tonight. Like I've I was trying to. I realized like oh that that wasn't an appropriate way. So I wouldn't apologize to, to Eli for jumping on him super hard. <laughs> yeah, I was.
0: Yeah, mm, interesting. You
2: know, what's What's interesting?
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just. I feel like my kids are too um I don't know like too loud for me to be able to take away this my stern voice or, or my my raised voice.
3: <laughs> I feel like they
0: just like physically might not actually hear me or listen. But I'm I'm intrigued by that by trying to get there. That sounds that sounds great.
3: How often do you guys pull out like the dad means business voice? Daily. <laughs> Daily. Which I <laughs> which I, don't, I wanna cut out. Like I yeah. I think
2: Definitely, like, where I'm at, it's not, it's not necessary mm. nearly as much. Yeah. And it's not necessarily typically just with me, I would say. Like, what it's me and Anna, I think that's when that, that comes out a little bit more. Wait,
0: what? Yeah. You mean when you're scolding Anna? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. no.
2: <laughs> I think the kids just take me a little bit more seriously than they take Anna. And, and so,
3: like, I think I overcompensate.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm in those situations.
3: Y- yeah, yester- or I think it was yesterday or a couple days ago it was the first time that we like really broke out the we mean business voice with Theo. I mean he's two and a half now. But he Natalie was was crawling on the floor and he like he just like ran by her and just like took her head and just like flipped her onto her back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Intentionally <laughs> Just on purpose. You just on purpose. To, yeah.
3: Oh. It wasn't, I mean, I don't think it was like malicious, but I don't know. He gets really excited. He's two and a half. He like ran by her and just like saw a head and decided to flip her. <laughs> he Like totally flipped her. Right. And cool. me and Lydia, like hmm. both came down on him. We weren't yelling at him, but it was like a definite, that was yep. not okay. And hmm. we like raised our voices a little. And, that was really his like first taste of that and he like he just melted. <laughs> Broken. Yeah.
0: yeah, it it works until it becomes overly overly used. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the the tide my like the tide of my voice has risen steadily so now if I want to elicit that response I have to go like I have like an ultra dad voice, you know? Because wow. I'm just too I'm just too yeah, I use it too much. You so powered become, up? Yeah. Well, no, no. I got you've
2: got Goku hypersonic goku
0: what i would say is i've trained them to be powerful enough to be able to withstand normal goku <laughs> and, and i have to go super goku to be able to get through to them
2: super <laughs> saiyan
1: yeah, super
0: so i've encountered something new i'm really curious what you guys think about this because i don't feel like i'm doing it the right way but your, your question can't sort of it's a little bit i mean just so if you add a, a second sibling into this idea where james has started in the last two months i would say so James is older, Cameron's younger, and he has started getting hurt or at least sad or I don't know, I don't know exactly what the word is, but he, it doesn't make him feel good when we compliment Cameron and don't compliment him shortly after, if that makes sense. So it's kind of like this, you know, praise, praise being conditional or whatever, or a praise making approval conditional, where James definitely feels like when we praise Cameron for something that he's doing then James feels like if you don't then turn around and praise me for something, even if it's a totally different thing right away, that means you're not happy with me or you don't approve of me or you don't love me or or something. He thinks something like that. So, Or, or he even does it with, with Adeline. Like we have Adeline's just over one and we have this little unicorn backpack that's a one-year-old size that she can wear. And it's the cutest thing she has, and so sometimes we'll just put it on her and let her like walk around with it because it's just really cute. And so I was like, "Oh, Adeline, you're so cute with that backpack. I love that backpack. You look so cute," or whatever. And then James is sitting on the couch next to me, and he looks at me and he's like, "What about me, Dad?" <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, you're not, you're not wearing a backpack. You're not one. You know, like what?" You're... <laughs> And I was like, what am I, what am I supposed to do? I mean, I was like, well, James, I think your shirt looks super cool. You know, like when he asked, like when he asked me, I was like, well, yeah, I really like your shirt. And that, that satisfied him. But I don't like the fact, I don't like that his immediate response whenever I say something nice about his siblings is, does that mean you don't like me? Does that mean you Mm -hmm. don't think I am this? And so, yeah, I'm just curious what you, what you think about that? Like, how would you, what's your initial thoughts on how you'd respond to that if you were to encounter that situation?
1: Wait, do, do you guys remember having that type of feeling when when you were kids with your your siblings? I don't, I don't, but I, I'm sure like, it's possible. Right.
2: Me and
3: my that
0: doesn't surprise me,
2: but <laughs> what him? <then? laughs> that that doesn't. <laughs> You've just always been ultra confident in yourself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me, Whoa. I'm Justin. <laughs>
1: well like justin is the oldest and so so am i and so uh, i'm not sure if i ever had that like i i can't i can't recall actively thinking thinking about that but yeah that that was interesting
2: i can't either i can't recall anything like that (laughs) your kids do that yeah all the time
1: So
0: what do you, what do you do? How do you respond? Uh,
2: the canned response is too long, but it's usually something <laughs> like, it's not catchy. It's usually something along the lines of, yeah, like that, that doesn't mean we don't love you, but Ella did something cool there. Or, oh yeah, Ella did something cool, you should be happy for him. Something like that, with maybe a couple more sentences of exposition, but we usually, we don't, we, we don't praise the other kid. Usually, we just say, like, oh, this is the reality of the situation and nice. deal with it. Cold, hard reality. <laughs> how, how did they respond to that? You know, I don't know. I think that I... I, th- <laughs> uh, I usually... Like, usually it's, like, we say, like, oh, well, that's awesome. And then she, like, continues to do whatever she's doing, or Eli will continue to be. And so it's it's almost like an offhanded remark. Like, oh, Eli, like, you're sitting here with me. I'm not paying attention to you right now because I'm watching your sister.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, I, I, like, usually my attention is focused on the other kid, who whatever right. it is. And so I don't really... <laughs> pay attention to how the other kid responds but but I'll keep an eye out <laughs> back.
1: at least you're you're uh, consistent
2: <laughs> yeah it definitely is like they both they both don't like it
1: the
0: only yeah the only thing we do differently and but it's not I mean I don't know I yeah my question is whether or not it's overcomable whether or not you can actually <laughs> teach your kids that whether or not or it's just like a phase thing and they have to go through it I'd like to think they can but I'm not sure I got
2: the idea of egalitarianism from you. I don't think I'd ever heard it, heard the theory until hanging out with you. I think I had always thought in terms of equality.
0: Oh, do you mean equity? Equity, yeah, equity. Not, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so not
0: now. yeah, not not giving kids the exact same thing, but giving them yeah. what they yeah. The the only thing the only thing I've, I add other than what you said, me I say yeah those same stuff. But the only thing that's different is I try to tell James like or I try to say James like is it bad for you? if Cameron does something good does that does that make your life worse is that a bad thing for you when Cameron does something good and the answer is always no like I'm like is it bad if Adam looks cute is that a bad thing and he's like no it's not and I'm like so why does it make you feel bad (laughs) and he's just like well because I you know I want to know that you are proud of me also or you're happy with me or that you think I look good or something like that and I'm like we do and if you want to know all you all you got to do is ask but I don't want, you know, I just really don't want him to try, start associating when my brother or sister does something good, that's bad for me. you know, which I feel like that's just that's something I struggle with all the time in in my life as a just as an adult too, is I see other people being successful or I see other people getting things that I want or having things that are good or getting recognized for things that that I would like to get recognized for. And it makes me sad or angry or jealous or envious because because in some ways it 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 is. I do the same thing. It's like if someone else is getting praise for something and I'm not getting praised for it, it makes me feel the same way. Like what you're saying, Kent, is like it makes me feel like, well, am I not good then? Am I not – it's good. I don't know if there's another word to say. Like am I not good? It makes me feel worse about myself. And I don't know how to do that with my kids but that's something I would really like because I hate that feeling. It feels like poison in my soul when Mm -hmm. someone does something good and then it makes me feel bad because obviously it's not (laughs) – and the funny thing is like sometimes the closer they are to you – the worse it is for me, you know, like they're like the closer relationally they are to you or the closer they are in your your life. The worse that the worse that feeling is for me sometimes. If it's a complete stranger that had to something good happen, then it doesn't I don't whatever. I don't care. And I hate that feeling. And I'd really like to figure out a way for my kids not to have that with their siblings and with them with uh, with other people in the world. But I don't know how to do it. I really don't. It's it's tough.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say, I feel like it's a natural adult feeling as well. I think I, I agree with that for sure.
0: I was actually talking to a guy, uh, we were at some event or whatever, and he was telling me about this book he read where he was saying that something especially interesting is happening with the social media era and internet and information exchange or whatever, where, so before that, bef- before, that, you know, it was a lot, there was a lot more opportunities essentially to be the top, like the top dog in whatever social circle or environment you were in. Oh,
2: so interesting.
0: Yeah, because there was so much less you weren't aware of all the other people that were actually better than you. There was more spots for people to be on top, <laughs> essentially. But now because we can find so many other people or get connected with so many other people, there's so fewer people that feel like they're on top of their respective fields or their careers or whatever they're trying to do, because you can always find someone who's better than you at something. Whereas mm-hmm. in the past, you know, you wouldn't maybe wouldn't be aware of all the people in the world that have more money than you, that have a nicer house than you, that have kids that are doing these cool things or that you know have all these opportunities or whatever, but now there's always an easy way to find somebody who's on top. And so he was saying that it's leading to this social phenomena where people are less and less happy because it's so much harder to feel like you're the at the top of your field because you're so aware of your field now.
2: That's Ninja. He's why I quit Fortnite. I just couldn't be couldn't be better.
0: Do you know who Ninja is, Kent? No. He's a pro Fortnite player. People can watch him play Fortnite He's like he streams when he plays or whatever. So you can see how good he is. Oh my gosh! So, uh, yeah, that's a good example. Like in the past, I would compare my video game skills to my, the people I played Halo with, which was like seven guys. You know, so one out of seven of us got to feel like we were the best. But even if you're the second or third best, you know, you still feel pretty good. Only it's only like the bottom couple that feel bad. But now, huh. where where be- were you on
2: that uh on that
0: on that list, <laughs> Justin? Yeah, at the very end, all the whole time, uh, <laughs> very bottom. So I've always felt like, this, but uh. <laughs> So now, now you can play online and wa- you can watch people stream as they play or whatever. So now you're keenly aware of how bad you are, even more so, because you're always encountering people that are better than you. But in like every aspect of your life now, you're able to do that.
2: That is brutal. I remember feeling definitely the best at Halo in my friend group for a while until, you know, people surpassed me or whatever. But, yeah, there was like the neighborhood crew and then there's the school crew. And then you started playing online and you're like, oh, my gosh, you just meet people that are next level and you just have no chance against them i can't believe i've never really thought about that but i definitely do fall into the if i if i look to buy something my instant search is best speakers or best best mouse or best you know there's no room for anything second best anymore it almost feels like yeah. If it's on Amazon and if it's one Google search away, like why am I going to go to Walmart for it? And it's probably cheaper on Amazon too, or whatever. So.
0: Do you guys watch Master of None? Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. So you know. there's
1: there's two seasons, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. So the, that that reminds me of like the
1: the where they tried to find the ta- uh, the taco truck. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The the best taco truck in New York or whatever, and then oh, they yeah. end there's, up not getting tacos because it takes so long <laughs> to find the best one. <laughs> <laughs> Yes.
3: I <laughs> forgot about that. That's, that's pretty great. I can't tell if, if Yelp and reviews make traveling better or worse because of that. That's a great question.
0: That is a great question. Yeah.
3: I, I don't trust it anymore. It's I went to Chicago recently on a work trip, and every restaurant was five stars. Every every single restaurant was five stars. Wow! Yeah, and since we were there for a week for work, we went to a lot of them, and they're not all yeah. five star restaurants,
1: <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, I think they need more, a little bit more like discerning contributors or something. Like I always wish I took more time to do reviews, <laughs> even if it was just like give a rating or whatever, because you know, I mean, it, it's like the class reviews <laughs> them. It's it's like either a five star review or a one star review. That's what people generally do. More people need to start reviewing, I think, that are willing to actually be like, well, actually, is it a one-two or, you know, one, one through five? And then start giving out some three-star restaurants for average, average stuff. Yeah, it'd be nice to have like a like a Rotten Tomatoes style Ooh, system too, right? I mean, you, yeah. could have, you could have food critics and then you could have the populist opinion as well.
3: Yeah. That'd be great.
0: be a solid way to solve it. I don't know if there's enough food critics. Like, I don't know how you get approved, you know, because obviously you can right. watch a movie from your, from your house. You can't really, whatever, yeah. but... That's why I don't have it, but that would probably help. Does
1: anybody have any parting thoughts? I think this was our best podcast yet. I feel like this
2: was a train wreck. (laughs) Primarily because of me just (laughs) derailing
1: us. Oh, man. Dan, we have, like, your, like, podcast analysis is, like, (laughs) the opposite of of (laughs) ours. Like, like every time Justin and I are like, ooh, that was a pretty good conversation, Dan was like, oh, that's garbage. <laughs> I don't, you know, like, I don't
3: listen to the podcast, so I don't know. <laughs> for, for your knowledge, every episode, mm-hmm. Justin breaks in at the end and says, all right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> please please tell me t- tell me a better way to do it i would love to i, I know i, have, I sound to say the same thing every time but i have no idea i have no idea what to, t- t- to do I, don't know.
3: I uh i think my favorite episode so far has been the the santa episodes
0: yeah what would why why'd you like them
3: i think it was fun because you guys all disagreed so much and i feel like through the entire <laughs> podcast i was like Oh my gosh! They're so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like all of us? Uh, mostly everybody but Dan was wrong. Wow.
0: Yeah, because you're not a, you're not a Santa guy. It
3: it was hilarious though. I'm I'm not surprised at all that you took that position, yeah. Justin, because yeah. you're you're still the only grown man I've encountered that gotten fisticuffs over Christmas music.
0: Right. Yes. That is a, that is a legacy. One, one of my, yeah. I would love to do that more often. The problem is, you know, it has to like. There's not as many topics that are serious enough, I guess, or like meaningful enough where it would be possible to disagree that that strongly. You know, like if someone came yeah. in here and was like, "No, I think we should be shaming our kids all the time. I think we should totally like. I think shame is like the perfect motivator for for children. And that's that's exactly <laughs> how we raise our kids. Like, that would that would foster the same kind of a uh, debate. But. We're probably not going to disagree about shaming our, ki- shaming our kids as much as <laughs> we
3: about Santa. So, I just love that Dan totally flopped on the Santa thing within like a week. <laughs> I still don't understand what, what, the, what the flop is.
0: You, I mean, you, you, <laughs> you were like, no, we don't do Santa. And then the next week you were like, we're doing Santa.
1: Well, the, well Dan, that's how you like introduced that two in the second week. Is yeah, it, you did I, say that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you explicitly said I've I've flip flopped on this. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally oh, that surprised to me. I couldn't oh. I could not uh I could not have asked for a better follow-up conversation than, than that for Dan to for Dan to open by saying he got in trouble at school because the kids <laughs> <laughs> Awesome! crediting Santa. That was awesome.
3: <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh On an unrelated topic, Jake, I finally finished Lord of the Rings, and it was phenomenal.
1: Oh. Ugh. What? Like reading know, the man. books or what? Yeah. yeah, I
3: read. I read the series.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember, yeah, last time we talked, <clears throat> I was like, I couldn't even get past uh, Fellowship. Yeah,
2: you... it's great, dude i love it so
1: good
3: yeah oh, yeah i love it i, I don't boy. know
1: <laughs> I, would, I would say if i'm just reading for straight entertainment like give me give me a uh, harry potter no you wouldn't
2: because you haven't finished harry potter either
1: i i'm just saying right now though in my life i would i would pick harry potter over lord of the rings just for the sake of entertainment <laughs> that's a careless statement jake Dude, I just couldn't, like, Fellowship just bored the heck out of me. Maybe it picks up in the other two books, but oh, man. I don't think it does.
3: Yeah. Have read the whole Forever. thing, Justin?
1: I read The Fellowship,
0: and then I read three quarters of Two Towers and quit. Yeah. Oh, seriously? Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, uh, you know, Jake. Jake and I are on opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of literature. I know. I'm, I'm this like... is
1: the first time that Justin <laughs> and I have united on a piece of uh, pop culture. <laughs>
0: I can't believe you liked it. I mean, what did you like about it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> the the entire book, you just feel like you've been placed in this expansive universe that he's created. And usually when you're reading a book, like I like the recent novels that I've read were like 1984 and Brave New World, you kind of feel like you sort of grasp the entire universe of like everything that you're reading with those books. But with like Lord of the Rings, you're just constantly getting glimpses and like little pieces of... This huge world around you, and like he just doesn't explain it.
0: Yep. Do you just I... get, do you get tired of him describing scenery? I just that's I... I feel like that's what I got tired of. There was just chapters of scenery or something, and I yeah yeah I a got... Lot. You, you did of... feel that way. Yeah. No way. No. Way. Did you get enjoyment out of that though, Kent?
3: No, uh, no, no. Uh. <laughs> I mean. There was there was there was too much of that. And that's it's kind of like the part that you just kind of skim through and not not <laughs> skim through, but like, like kind of move past right, right, right. it to like get to the narrative. Sure. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, And that's that's
3: 70% of the book. So
1: you just 70%, skim through 70- <laughs> You Jake,
3: you have no you have no appreciation for the just the sheer like ingenuity and creative for <laughs> all that he creates
1: oh man I don't know I, I was just like man th- this is just so painful I, I don't know what it was
0: Dan are you going to stand up for Lord of the Rings
1: Jake's just wrong I, well,
3: I
2: feel like oh. it's just more I feel like Jake has a hard time just taking simple pleasures <laughs> just taking the simple pleasures of a story that's fun that's all it is you know, I don't think it. Has... <laughs> I don't think it, it. doesn't have to be anything more than just a fun story. You know, like can, can you enjoy some wizard tricking some some bear spirit to let twelve hobbits into into his tree? Yeah, I I can do that. It's good good
0: time. Well, but that's I mean that's a hobbit that's a I mean that's that's a hobbit example right?
2: Or, okay, so can you dwarves, can yeah. you enjoy uh, Gandalf tricking, what's his face? Saruman. Saruman, yeah. He has, like, a great conversation with Saruman. Like, he tricks him. Um, like, just I a classic good versus evil. Like, I, I just feel like Jake likes the gray. Like, there's, you know. And, yeah, yeah like, there's right. gray stuff. You know, yeah. it's good to be gray, but. There's also like the meta narrative of the of the world is is good and bad. Yeah,
3: I mean that's it, like the cla- the classic appeal to uh, Game of Thrones, which I haven't watched or read, but like from what I hear, everyone says it's like the adult version of Lord of the Rings. I, I would say the Lord of the
1: Rings the the movies will have forever ruined the the books for me. I I feel like. I I don't have like a long list of movies versus books of of the same story. I typically view them as separate pieces of art. But I feel like everything that the movie does for me, I'm like so satisfied with. And it was done so amazingly that when I go back to the book, I'm like, I have no need for you. Yeah, the movies satisfy everything that the book would give me. And so I'm I'm happy w- with the movies.
0: I feel like that runs counter to your argument, Dan, of, against Jake, which is that Jake can't take pleasure in the simple things because those movies are purely just like the classic good versus evil tale. Oh, man, like, yeah. Like the good guys are good, the bad guys are bad, the good guys win. They win, they're triumphant, they're honorable. Like it's it's just really pure, simple, simple, simple stuff. Like we watched them over Christmas and we just loved it. We just loved – like Nicole and I loved the feeling that we got watching those movies and being like, good guys are good and they always win. And there's just like a really happy like world to live in <laughs> <laughs> because not, nowadays you're right. Like there is so much like we're, we're trying to get more nuanced and be more like gray and who's right and who's wrong and morality's relative and all that kind of stuff. But I loved the feeling for like three weeks when we watched those movies slowly of just being like, tonight we're going to watch good guys fight and they're going to win. It was a really happy place to be.
2: Yeah. yeah, along
3: those lines, that, that was one of my complaints with the Fellowship of the Ring, is that... Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> coincidence?
1: Yes, we got
3: Kent! <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you a point. I'm still deciding with Lord of the Rings, but the Fellowship of the Ring, there is just, like, coincidence after coincidence of them getting into a situation and then something magically saves them at the last moment. Mm. There's like Mm. 20 Mm. 20 of those situations. I mean, there's a lot in the movie, but like the book is just more of what the movie is. Right. So here's my
2: counter-argument, Justin and Jake and Kent, apparently. (laughs) 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 This is becoming a very bipartisan uh, conversation right now. My counter-argument is how many situations have you seen Jake take that side when it is not to his advantage? <laughs> but yeah. I will say I will say that like I like the books more than the movies.
0: Wow. Just explain to me how I mean what Dan, what percentage of the book would you say is Tolkien writing about the scenery? what percentage of the of the the entire three, <laughs> like literally because like, seriously what percentage of how many pages does he use to describe the way the Trees look.
2: I don't know, but I enjoyed it. I like, I I enjoy like the mindless kind of like, (laughs) like, allows you to like disengage with your own, you know, like you just enter the world and you forget about stuff. I like that sort of like. Oh, the movie,
1: the movies do that so much better. Like, the movies start. and I am so immersed and that because like the books are so boring and they're so like and then they were walking and then they walked to this inn and then they walked to the elves and then they, they kept walking. I get so distracted with that and I'm I'm sucked I would say out it's, of the war because it's so boring.
2: The books are matter of fact in a way <sighs> that I guess A religion and literature major can't. (laughs) It's
1: above above
2: me. No, it's. I don't know. I don't have a good arguments. I haven't read them in a while. I actually think that like audiobooks easier because you don't have to engage with all that stuff. Like if I if I wasn't if I was if I had to like engage and actually like read, I don't think I would have as positive as a response as I've had.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, Ken, did you read it or listen?
3: No, I read it. Read it, wow.
0: That's impressive.
3: I, there you go. <clears throat> yeah. I, I feel like if you like the movies, the book is just more of that. You get to live in that world longer. You get to experience more of it. More details, more backstory. All of it. The, yeah,
1: yeah, maybe. I, I think in principle, yes. All those things are true, but the way that you get there is grueling. Yep. Mm -hmm.
0: I will disagree with Jake in this. I wish the book was more they walked to this place, and then they walked to this place, and then they walked to this place. But in actuality, I think what it is is they walked to this inn, and the color of the stools was that of a young doe's hide. And (laughs) the taste of the beer was... Da, 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 da. and the smell of the air was da, 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 da. and and then you know he describes it and then they say a few words and then they walk to a new place and then he describes the new place for three mm, pages mm-hmm. so if it was more walking i think i could handle it a little better <laughs> but it's walking and describing and walking and describing and walking and describing for a lot of the book that's that's my disagreement jake so there you go oh
1: mm-hmm. uh, that's awesome oh, all right I should yeah. probably go. yeah yeah cool great yeah. Thanks
0: again. Yeah. This was fun. Cool. All right. all right, guys. Thanks for taking the time.
3: Yeah. I, I will so say fun. one last word before we go. Uh, sure. It's still on my bucket list to beat all three of you, and <laughs> mm. we should uh we should do a
2: Skype Settlers.
3: Oh set up all the
2: same. That's horrible. <laughs> that, that sounds so like no Like a bear. No, what are you? Everybody has a negative response to that question. Uh,
0: 3-1, Dan. Yep, I would love that, Kent. I would love to.
2: I mean, I would love to break your spirit even more, so I'm I'm fine with that.
1: (laughs) Uh Not going to happen, Dan. (laughs) I feel like what would happen is that Kent would be stuck on, like, nine points for, like, four rounds, five rounds, and he's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so close. And then Dan is at, like, six points. And then, and like one fell swoop, Dan just gets four points in one turn.
2: I like the way that's
1: sounding.
0: I don't know yeah. if that if that was happening, if I saw that happening, I might just ally with Kent and do whatever I could to help him win. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: oh, that's awesome. Somehow, it seems like a cheap victory when you say you want to ally with me to make me win. But if you had said, "I just don't want Dan to win." That would somehow not seem yeah. like a well, that Well, that
0: is entirely what I mean. Yeah, that is entirely right, what right. I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt. I mean, Dan is the Duke or Yankees or Lakers or Cowboys of, of Settlers. Mm-hmm. And oh, my, my, my gosh. <laughs> gosh. I know you don't know what any of that means, Dan, trust but it. that's yeah. just trust me, it's true. <laughs> uh, oh, it's true. Insulting
2: my intelligence and my struggles in one fell swoop, I think Justin's already playing the game right now.
0: I I don't know. I'm always assuming you're playing, Dan. I assume you've never stopped playing Katton. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. See ya. See ya. Lunch is fun. All right, thanks again for listening. As usual, if you are a husband or a wife who is married and your spouse is not listening to this podcast, we would like to ask you to recommend it to them to see if they enjoy it so that you guys could both listen to a podcast. Hopefully it sparks meaningful conversations between the two of you about how to become better parents and parent more like God. Also, we do have Instagram and Facebook, and if you'd like to follow us on there, that would be great. Not really so much because we're interested in getting more followers or more likes or whatever, we're, we don't, none of us are really into social media or really like it. But the thing that we do really enjoy about social media and have, have really gotten a lot out of uh, since we started this show is connecting with different people around the world, around the topic of parenting and God and what he's like. And so if you follow us, then we can connect, uh, leave comments, direct messages uh, with questions or with ideas or thoughts you have about our episodes. The conversations that have been started for us over social media around these topics have been really, really encouraging, really, really fun, and really helped us become better parents. So we would love to connect with people. Um, I didn't used to believe in the whole internet friend thing and thought it was really stupid to try to be friends with people on the internet. But uh, since I've started, go figure, it's actually kind of fun, and I totally understand why people do it. So we would love some more internet friends. Uh, We'd love to connect with you in some way uh, if that's something you're interested. So go ahead and give us a follow, connect with us, and that should be pretty fun. We'll be back again next week with another
3: episode. See you then. Through the entire <laughs> podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, they're so wrong. I feel Beautiful. like this is a train wreck. Every episode, Justin breaks in at the end and says, all right.